It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. But we're going to chat some football now, and uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome into the show Chris Milicic. He's a, a football correspondent extraordinaire, but he's also a coach. He's been involved in the New Zealand scene for a number of years, and uh, he's on the line now. Welcome into the show, Chris. Morning, Sam. How are you? I'm doing very well, mate. Now, um, I've got a lot of football I want to talk to you about, but something that's just come across my desk uh, in the last 10 or so minutes, a very surprising result in the World Cup qualifiers this morning. Italy lose possession and it's worth a crack it's just astonishing North Macedonia strike it at in time and there is Bedlam in the stands with Lorenzo Barbera the former Palermo player Tchaikovsky with the sweetest hit you can imagine North Macedonia beating Italy 1-0 in the World Cup qualifiers. That means Italy will miss their second consecutive FIFA World Cup. That's remarkable, Chris. That is beyond remarkable. Uh, that is that is like, I don't know, amateurs playing top-class, world-class players, and it just should not have happened. So, wow. It just shows in football, though, um, the bottom team or the lesser team can easily win a game if they get everything right on the day. Absolutely. So Italy, who are the, actually the current Euro champions as well, remember they won yeah. in uh, 2020. That, that out of the workout, that's just a, that's just um, that's quite remarkable as well. Consecutively too. I mean, missing one is one thing, but missing two back to back, especially after they were so dominant, you know, 15 or, or 20 years ago. Um, sticking with World Cup qualifiers, Chris, the All Whites um, this morning beat New Caledonia 7-1. They're just cruising um, through that World Cup qualifi- uh, qualification campaign, which is probably expected. But um, can you see them? tripping up at all, or is it pretty much going to be an easy route to this uh, CONCACAF intercontinental playoff well, they've got to play? Yeah, if they were going to trip up, I think they'd have tripped up in one of the first two games uh, when they had such a, a diverse group coming in, because they've got players coming in left, right and centre from all around the world. Now it's starting to get to the more solid, what you recognise as the all-white group, and I can't see them tripping up in a semi-final or a final, but as you've just said about North Macedonia, <laughs> anything could happen. You know, uh, but I think that Danny and the team uh, have done a lot of really good work over the last sort of 12, 18 months, built a brand new sort of competent professional team. And 
all things being equal, they shouldn't slip up in the qualifiers. If they do make the, um, or if they do win the final, then they need to take on the uh, fourth-ranked team in CONCACAF, which is looking like Panama at the moment. I know they've still got a few games to play, but Panama and then sitting around them is Costa Rica, El Salvador. The All-Whites, they'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't they? Avoiding the bigger teams like Mexico, USA and Canada. Could, do you think they could take a Panama or a Costa Rica? Well, it's a one-off game. This isn't a home-and-away thing because of the COVID environment we're in. So it's a one-off game. So that increases the odds of the All-Whites winning significantly. Uh, the second thing is, of course, we're not having to play you know, the best team in any other confederation. This is probably the confederation that, in most people's eyes, would be the next weakest on top of Oceania. Um, and if you took out Mexico, as we saw last time in the, one of the qualifiers, when we've had to play Mexico, it becomes they're just, they're just far superior to us. The US is probably that, but I would have said Canada. I know Canada's having a great World Cup qualifying run, but uh, I would think we could have a go against them. But certainly with the, the, the teams you mentioned in that echelon, uh, we would certainly be fairly confident going into that. Because the key thing about this game, as long as we have 50-50 chance of winning, then it comes down to the intangibles. And I often think that, I remember the Portugal coach said to me once when we just got beat one at the World Cup, he said to me, Kiwis, basically, he wished everybody had the sort of heart and desire of a Kiwi player that just kept going no matter what. And even when they're outclassed, they'll just keep going. They don't give up. So that, if we can bring the Kiwi intangibles into that environment, then there's a chance we can win that game. What a more than even chance we can win that game. The, uh, you mentioned before the fact that we're not going to have the, the whole home and away um, legs. It's just going to be the one-off game over in um, Qatar. I guess, what are the advantages and disadvantages of that? Obviously, the advantage of being of doing the home and away is that you get to play in front of your crowd, which is a big advantage. But then I guess playing it in Qatar where they've been for the last you know few weeks getting acclimated, is that going to be an advantage for them? Look, I, I think playing in a guitar means it's a no advantage for either side. Um, so the All Whites will be in a better situation because they've been there for quite a while and they'll feel more comfortable there. Uh, but that's not to say that the opposition they have won't spend quite a bit of time in guitar getting ready for it as well. So that may not be as big as it is. But the, the key thing here is neither side has an advantage, which is key. In the home and away, of course, us going away is never an advantage, especially into a lot of countries which are quite football crazy compared to New Zealand. In yep. fact, the intensity they bring to it becomes a little overwhelming for a lot of the players, whereas when they come to New Zealand, they're just having a great time. So we don't actually make it the hostile home environment that other people do. So this is a, this is a much better situation for us. Um, unlike 82, when we had to go play it in Hong Kong and had to play China, which was really odd. Um, but this is, this is a very neutral environment for both groups. And there won't be massive crowd supports for either team. Uh, and so it'll be the best team on the day, which I don't actually mind in a one-off game if they remove all the sort of pieces that can come in to make the team play better. Yeah, I remember the um, that Peru uh, qualification last time and when yeah. they went over to Peru the, the guys outside the hotel and the fireworks going off they, they didn't want the All-Whites to, to go to sleep and, uh, and get any sort of uh, physical advantage so uh, yeah interesting we're not going to have that this time round um, what do you think the World Cup's going to be like this year Chris obviously in Qatar very hot um, it's at the end of the year because of that following a very difficult few years for international sport football in particular is it going to be I guess as, as big as previous World Cups Oh, I, personally, I think FIFA's made a horrendous error here, sticking it in a period 
inside competitions. Mm. So you're talking most of the world, you know, the 120 professional leagues around the country, around the world, they're generally running them. Um, players are getting paid an awful lot of money by clubs. We may not see the very best players made available for their for their uh, for the thing because of you know injury and in quote marks. Um, I, I think it's pandering to the money, pandering to whatever happened, and I think they've made a fundamental error here. And I'm hoping that this becomes a catalyst for a complete restructure of the World Cup. We go back to a bit of a leaner World Cup that allows the best players and the best teams to come through. I mean, now talking about expanding it, and you go, well, how big? How big? So, look, I think it won't be the level of excitement we have now because you're talking about fans that are fully into their club program suddenly have to stop, go to a World Cup, yeah. in or out, come back to the club program. It, it becomes very dislocated for fans, players, coaches, because the thing on, when it's generally in June, July, they've come out of their club. You can get them really focused on what they're doing, a separate campaign. Their fitness levels are all correct. You can work on what's going on. You can freshen them up. This is coming in a situation where they've already played a hunk of a season. They, they're already into how their teams play, and then you suddenly bring them out of club environments, 18 or 20 of them, and suddenly go, we're actually going to play like a national team. Um, there will be little windows leading into that World Cup where you can get them right. I, I think we'll see at the end of this World Cup um, somebody from FIFA admitting that the dates was a bad error. Yeah, and I know too, you know, the some of the other things going on with uh, the rules in Qatar, like I know you can't have alcohol and um, they are relaxing the rules, but only for people that have purchased hospitality package, packages in the stadium. So, you know, not that not that it's all about the, the booze, but there's just things like that that also take away from the fan experience as well. Well, my question is, Heineken's one of the biggest sponsors and these sort of things, how, how's that going to work? You know, from yeah. a business point of view, FIFA must be just wondering that the, the people who are on the bottom, you know, the, the marketing team all there must be going, how are we going to make this work? I mean, how can Heineken have signs around the Qatari Stadium? And how can they do the hospitality tents around places and invite things? And, you know, I just, I don't know, it's... I'd love to know why the decision was made for Russia and Qatar, but um, us mere mortals are nowhere near those sort of <laughs> decisions. But the reality is, if, uh, it's one of... It is the biggest money-generating event in the world by miles. Um, billions and billion dollars it generates, funds the whole, you know, the system. And suddenly that's been put at risk for a probably what is a political decision. And I think that um, a lot of people are unhappy. I know the whole of Europe's unhappy. Your wafer heads are unhappy. And so I don't think we'll see it again. So hopefully we we get to the situation. I know as a fan that if someone said you go to Russia or Qatar and watch a World Cup, it was probably the first time ever I went, I ain't going. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out uh, come November. Chris, um, just before we let you go, mate, a bit of a change of tact. Uh, the National League uh, starts today in New Zealand, but a bit of a revamped National League, isn't it? What exactly is the uh, is the format um, for this year? How's it all changed? Yeah, look, it's, it has changed. Well, they tried it last year and it, and it sort of COVID sort of killed it. So what you have is got 12 teams and three regional leagues across the country, so about 36 teams. Um, they're all playing in their regional competition and then the top 
four out of Auckland, the top four out of Wellington, well, the top three out of Wellington, plus the Wellington Phoenix Reserves, and two out of uh, South Island come together to play a one-round National League at the end. So really and truly what's happening is that they call it the National League, but right now it's still a regional league. The National League will start September, I think it is, when they find the top ten qualifiers from around the country to play a one-round competition. Right, that makes sense. And uh, you're coaching Takapuna this year, uh, my friend. Uh, how how are they looking? How are your how are your stocks? And what are you guys expecting for 2022? Yeah, yeah. Last year was funny. I went and did a favour for a mate. We ended up getting promotion, so now we're up in the <laughs> Premier League. Yeah. And so things have got to be um, a little bit different. We, we'll be competitive. Where we sit, where we finish is done. No, it's unknown. I mean. The club hasn't been in the Premier League for a long time, and in fact, it was said to me that we haven't been back in the National League since 1981, but that was in the old Club Day National League where it was a proper National League. So we've we've retained a lot of the players from last year who did so well. One of the key things for me as a coach is when you're at a club, you're building the club, you're not building the team. It's 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 a subtle difference, but you've got to make sure that the team continues to evolve and gets better, and if for some reason I choose to leave the whole team doesn't fall over. And I think that's really important. I see too many coaches come in, bring a whole bunch of players and try to change, do okay, they leave, players leave, and the club gets relegated. I don't see the point to that. Yeah. So my, my motto is more to the case that I'm going to continue to evolve and build the club from within. Albeit I've bought in probably five players in key positions that should add um, experience and ability within key roles within the team. So I think we'll be competitive. But the last two weeks with COVID and injuries, I'm not I'm sure we'll be competitive tomorrow, but we'll see what happens. Good stuff, Chris, mate. Um, really appreciate you jumping on the show uh, this morning, mate. Go well and uh, good luck for this weekend and the rest of the season. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate that. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.